Reading is Matthew 13, verses 24 to 30 and 36 to 43. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed ears, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts bring glory to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Last week, I had invited people to ask me questions that they had always wanted to know an answer to about the Church of Scotland, and um, I would try to find out the answers uh, before coming back this week, and I had had some people do that, uh, and I fortunately had questions that that didn't send me to the deepest, dustiest libraries in the back corner of 121 to find out the answers. Um, We had said last week, or I had had suggested that the, the fundamental idea, principle of the, the Church of Scotland uh, was that nothing, everybody can come to Jesus without anything getting in the way. So everybody is a child of God. Everybody can come. Nobody is different. There's nothing in the way between you and and God. And I think I'd, um, I'm sure some people might disagree with that, but that seemed to explain quite a lot about how the Church of Scotland works. Uh, we have parishes uh, all over the country. So each church has uh, has an area. Uh, uh, you know, there are lines on the ground, at least on my map, um, that each church looks after. And within the Church of Scotland, every church is, in theory at least, every church 
is the same. They have a, a patch, uh, and there they are responsible uh, for the, the people uh, in their patch. They don't have to worry about other people. They've got their patch. And all of Scotland is covered by these patches, the, the, the parishes. Um, tallest mountains um, to right to the sea um, is all covered by, at least nominally, is covered by a church of Scotland. And that's one of the things that kind of defines the church of Scotland, is that we say that we will provide what they call the ordinances of religion to the Scottish people right across Scotland, which means that we we want to make sure that we cover all of Scotland, which is lovely until you realise that we haven't got many ministers left and we still pretend to cover all of Scotland, which is one of the problems that the church is facing uh, just now, is how do we do that? How do we provide the ordinances of religion to all the people of Scotland uh, in the the state that we are we are currently in. So that's that's one of our. It's, it's it's such a basic thing in the Church of Scotland that we cover the whole of Scotland, and yet in trying to do so, in trying to keep everybody the same, all the churches are the same. Perhaps we are um, digging ourselves into a very big hole. But that that's why we are doing what we do. Uh, no, no church is, is different. We have some called cathedrals. So we have St Giles Cathedral here in Edinburgh. Um, uh, we have, well, there's Paisley Abbey. There's Dunblane Cathedral. But legally, within the Church of Scotland, they're no different from anybody else. Um, St Giles has a tiny little parish, but it does have a parish. In just the same way that we do, in just the same way that little places in the Western Isles or Northern Isles have, have a parish. They're all, in theory, the same. Apart from ones that we give special care to are priority areas, which are the, the 5% poorest uh, areas of, of Scotland, uh, and they are given extra resources. We have this bias, bias to the poor. I, I was asked about, um, about elders. So in having everybody the same and being able to come to God, we don't have a hierarchy like bishops and archbishops or or particularly special ministers or anything like that. Um, all the ministers, again, are in theory the same. Now, it, we are human. It doesn't work. It doesn't quite work that way. There are very experienced ministers who have mm, kind of power, but there's no, there's no legal power. There's no legal difference that, that makes them different. Everybody uh, is, is the same. Um, and in... So we have that, and we have we have elders as well. Each each church will have uh, people who who look after the who who, who lead the, the congregation, the elders, and the general assembly is made up of um, a quarter of the ministers of the church each year, and the same number of elders as well. And the elders come from congregations all over the place. Um, uh, this year. Um, I, I was a commissioner, we call it, so I was one of the ministers at General Assembly, and, and Kingsley, where have you gone, Kingsley, you've gone back upstairs, <laughs> King Kingsley was the elder representing uh, Berkeley, Berkeley Viewforth. So it's, 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 no, it's not special people, well it is kind of, yeah, it's, 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 it's not special people that get to go to assembly, and they get to go every year and have all the power and make all the decisions. It's people from the congregations that, um, that come together to hear reports 
uh, and to and to discuss them and to um, to make decisions about the next year of the Church of Scotland. So, in in one way, it can be it can be slightly chaotic because anybody, if Kingsley had wanted to, he could have stood up and said moderator uh, and been invited to speak by the moderator, and he could have asked any question he wanted. He could have suggested anything he wanted. I could have stood up and said anything I wanted. It, people um, in, in the Church of Scotland have that sort of direct access to the General Assembly. It's, it's, not, it's not kind of scripted and things. So, so sometimes we find at General Assembly that somebody will stand up and ask something and everybody kind of goes... <gasps> Or, or, or something. It, it, it can be quite. It can be quite random sometimes, uh, which, which, I, which I think is great. Everybody has the has the, the chance to do that, um, and it can also though mean because the people change each year. So you have a quarter of the ministers one year, and a quarter the next year, and it might be the same people, um, and it might not. It, it just depends. Um, so it does mean that from year to year. The General Assembly can feel very different, um, and as the as the days go on, you kind of get a feeling for how people are are reacting to things. And sometimes we get quite feisty assemblies where they don't want to know what people are saying, and they and they want to take the church in a different direction. And other years, um, they seem to agree with what's going on. It, it's very, it's it might not be the best way of making decisions about the church but it is, it's who we are and it is how we do it uh, for better or, or worse so we have elders that lead the congregations the elders come together at presbytery and at general assembly and we, we ordain elders um, we have we ask them to um, promise a series of, of, of vows and once you uh, because I think because of this ordination aspect in the Church of Scotland, um, we um, you you serve when, once you are an elder, you're kind of always an elder because you have been ordained into that role. And elders are often asked to serve, basically from from then on. Um, and we'll give long service certificates to people who have done uh, over forty years or fifty years. And a few years ago. The moderator then, John Chalmers, visited visited us here and presented a number of, of long service certificates. Now, that probably worked in the days when um, you perhaps, you, you stayed in the same place. You know, when jobs were much more stable and, and you came somewhere and you, and you stayed there and you went through life and, and, and that was all fine. Nowadays, the idea of being asked to take on a role not for three years or five years or six months for life is, is a bit of a different ask, I think. And that's something that people say if you're invited to become an elder, it's, oh goodness, you know, there's, there's, there's no way out. Um, some people, some people do different things. Some, some churches will have kind of active elders, uh, and you might do that for say three to five years, and then somebody, and then you might take a step back for, for a few years, and then, and then step back up again. It, it, it changes. There are ways, there's ways around it. Um, it used to be that an elder had a district, um, and it, I would visit the people in the district. In the days when visiting was much more of a common thing uh, in, in our society now, in our in our part of Edinburgh, it's it's not such a common thing 
and we have we have pastoral care people who are are better and are trained in in that kind of thing. But some some churches will still have the elder with a with a district that they that they visit. Different different things. Um, but we do we do have them. Um, and one of the questions I was asked was, why do some places have, have as well as elders, they have deacons? And somebody said to me, they, they'd been a deacon at a different church. And why do some places have managers and some places have a congregational board? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and with that, last time I was saying that it, the Church of Scotland in history has split up over lots of different things. People have argued about generally how involved the government should be in the church. Um, and they've split up over this thing and they've got back together over something else and there's always a few congregations that don't want to join back in so they go off and form their own their own denomination over here. So you get the free church and the free church continuing and you get all these other things from all these splits. But in 1900, uh, two of the big denominations, the pres- the Presbyterian Church and the the United, sorry, the United Presbyterian Church and the Free Church came together in 1900, and they became the United Free Church. Uh, and the, the, let me get this right: the, the United Presbyterian Church called their their part of their leaders um, managers, um, and they had a committee of managers. And, and Palmerston Place Church um, was um, a, bi- a big. Uh, United was a big yeah, United Presbyterian Church, and they, they still have a committee of of managers. Um, it's, it's what they call it. Um, the, the, the Free Church had, had deacons and what they called a deacons court, um, and that's why that the person we're speaking to last week had been a deacon because their church had originally been a free church, and it still had that tradition of having deacons uh, here. Um, uh, Barclay, Ch- Barclay Church um, is uh, is a result of many unions uh, across across Edinburgh, um, and until 1967, I think it is, or somebody will correct me, um, we joined with uh, with Brunsfield Church just up on, on Leamington Terrace, and Brunsfield Church was a United Presbyterian Church originally, uh, and uh, Barclay was a was a free church, and I. Um, I, I, I learnt a couple of weeks ago that the, the deacons at, at Brunsfield had, had to decide to join with the, the managers of you know, the managers, whichever way around it was. They, they, they had to work out how they were going to come together, and they formed what was the congregational board, as we had here for years as well. Um, so that was the other form of, of governance. So that's why some people might have been called deacons, uh, some people would have been called managers. Some people would have been called members of the congregational board. Different forms of governance, but it all comes from this. Before 1900, was it the Free Church? Was it the United Presbyterian Church? And then in 1929, they all came together to form what is now the, the Church of Scotland. So we, um, we had the, the established church as well. So the, the graphs look a bit like a, a jellyfish or something. Um, so this church is a free church. Our tradition, therefore, is not to use the lectionary, but to go deeply into one Bible passage uh, each week. Other churches with different traditions will, will do things differently. Um, but all part of this variety. 
of the Church of Scotland. I think that I think those were the questions I was asked last time. Um, happy to uh, answer any more after the service if you have any uh, questions, and I can try and find out the answers for you before then as well. Um, we don't often talk about how we work, who we are. Um, I, I hope it is it is helpful for understanding some of the strange ways we do things uh, at this point. Our reading this morning came from uh, the, the Gospel of Matthew, um, our lectionary gospel this year, and is the parable of the weeds. Um, it comes just after the, the parable of the sower. It's, it's, a, it's a passive part in Matthew where we're hearing lots of Jesus' teachings. Uh, parable of the sower, the parable of the mustard seed that grows into the great big bush, um, and the parable of, of the weeds. And Jesus has said that it's a, a sower again. You can almost imagine him beside beside the, the lake or something. And they see a sower farmer going out and scattering the seeds. Uh, parable of the sower. They're throwing seeds everywhere on the path and the thorns and the in the good soil. And you think, could he not have been a bit more careful where he put the seeds? And just caught the seeds in the good bit. But they go on to talk about that. But in this passage, we've kind of moved on a little bit. Um, it's the, the sower has, has sowed the seeds and now we're just finding out that as the wheat is, has grown up but also finding weeds in amongst it now I'm not the best gardener in the world but if I see things coming up in my garden that don't look like what I'm expecting to look like you know, I, I know that a dandelion leaf you know, has kind of got pointy bits and Maybe my, my nice cornflower or my nice rose looks like this. And I know that a dandelion is not what I wanted in my garden. So I kind of, I'll have yanked it up well before it's got, well sometimes, well before it's got to, to growing very tall. So how come this farmer hasn't quite spotted all these weeds in his field? That seems a bit, really? <clears throat> What's going on here? Um, but the word, the word that's used for this particular weed is uh, zizania. In, in Greek, and it's the only time that we know we hear about this this word zizania, this particular weed. And in people, botanists have looked at this and the, the, the description of this thing that's growing up with the wheat and uh, um, what what it could be. Uh, and what they think is it's a plant called Lolium timelinum, which is also known as the bearded darnel. Now, so what? That's very nice. It's, 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 we now know, we've now got an idea of what this weed might be. The thing is that this bearded darnel actually looks like wheat. So when it's growing, you can't actually tell, is it, is it the wheat that you're expecting or is it something completely different? And not only is it something completely different, it's not, it's not even like, okay, it's not wheat, so that's a bit annoying. Um, it's actually much worse than that because this thing actually apparently produces it looks like it looks like wheat and then at the end of the day it produces black seeds not the lovely bits of wheat you're expecting and these black seeds can carry a fungus which is toxic to humans so not only is it not the wheat that you were expecting and your nice flour um, and bread it's actually something that is very dangerous to humans but you can't tell until it actually Set, set seed, you can't tell what it is. So 
So that's quite a weed to have in your in your wheat field. Um, and it kind of explains why it made sense to me about, well, surely you could tell the weed was different from the wheat. Apparently it happened sufficiently often that people would chuck darnel seeds into their enemies' fields. But there was a Roman law against it. Now, you don't, you don't have a law on your statute books unless it actually happens quite often, you would think. So it must have been something that, that did actually happen. And the, the people were familiar with and were familiar enough to be angry about that their seed had grown up and had this poisonous black thing growing in it instead. So much for the, the, the botany lesson. Um, we think that's probably what's going on. But then what does that... What, what is going on here? What can we learn from from this parable? And, and Jesus does, um, in this case, explain what he what he meant as he did with the, the parable of the sower. We have the we have the explanation. The thing is, the weeds are allowed to grow up. Now, if you couldn't tell which one was which as they were growing, you can see why everything was allowed to to grow. It's not until the harvest where they actually separate them. When you're, when you're pulling everything up anyway, um, then you can separate, when you can see clearly what they are, um, they can be separated into the, the good wheat and then this um, darnel plant, which was dangerous. But it was important to separate them at that point. And Jesus talks about the field being the world uh, and the wheat being the people in the world. Um, that we we grow we, we live we grow alongside everybody else, <clears throat> but it's not while we're growing while we're in the world that the separation's taking place, and it's not for the wheat to decide if that darnel over there should be pulled up or not. It's not until the harvester comes we're told that God and the, the angels will separate it. It's not the wheat that's growing that does the separation. It's the um, it's it's after that the separation is done. We live we live in the world. We live aside long aside up alongside other people. We don't know as we grow if they are wheat or if they are this other thing. And it's not up to us to decide. It's not up to us to judge who is in or who is out, who is worthy of growing alongside. We wait until God makes that decision um, at the end of time. They all look the same, but there are different harvests. I think the Church of Scotland has perhaps been guilty in the past of wanting to decide who was in and who was out. Hence all these splits. Don't let you, you can go off and be a different church over there somewhere. It's not for us to make that decision. Jesus is quite clear about that. And in our in our week ahead, as we meet people, as we go forward with things in our lives, what does that mean for us as as we remember that plants grow alongside us? We might see people that we really get on with, that we really like, they're very much like us. We think they're great or whatever. Uh, we don't know. We might come across people that we really think, for us, we think they, they shouldn't be part of the kingdom of God. For whatever reason, we think that's not what it's about. 
in the world we're growing together and we grow alongside other people it's not for us to judge anybody else easy though it can be let us pray Lord God your church has been divided many times as people have sought out weeds or wheat in their field Lord help us to work for unity unity in our church unity in our families unity in our lives Lord you are the judge not us in this week ahead may we meet all with you on our lips help us not to judge but to see through your eyes we ask in Jesus name Amen.